Guess what, folks? Yes. It's time for another episode of your favorite Model Railroad podcast, Model Railroad Talk. And by now, I'm sure you have figured out that this is your host, The Bandit. Um, as you can see, we actually got our intro figured out. I don't know why the last two episodes we've had problems with it, but or three, whatever it was. We got it figured out. So today's episode, we actually have um, a listener who had emailed us uh, about a week ago, a week and a half ago, and it was a nice email. We had emails back and forth and um, invited him to be on the show. So today, our show is going to be about him and myself um, just chit-chatting about model trains, anything and everything model trains. So stick around and uh, we will get this show on the tracks. All right, folks. And... Like we said before, we got our um, intro figured out. So we apologize for the two that when you hit play or you play and it's like dead silence until we start talking and then dead silence after it. Don't know what happened. Um, and yeah, so then last episode, episode 14, I'm like, you know what? After I realized what had happened, <laughs> I... Uh, um, you know, I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to mess with that right now. I need to get an episode out because um, I just come back from vacation. And yeah, just busy. You know how life is. So we had to have a, I shouldn't say we had to, we had a um, listener reach out to us by email. Um, his name's Benjamin from Benjamin Z. Like you said, like we said, folks, we don't want to tell everybody your last name, but, um, or your info, but he is from Arizona. He emailed us a few weeks ago and just chit chatting back and forth. Um, he enjoyed this podcast and everything. So he reached out. Um, we kind of, I offered, Hey, if you have any ideas or if you'd like to join the episode or join the podcast, you know, being a guest, um, he took me up on it and that's awesome. That's what this is about. Um, on our end, you know, for the recording and stuff, it took a little bit, <laughs> technically speaking, for us to get it figured out and to make sure we can record and get the best possible audio for you folks, our favorite listeners. Um, and we think we got it figured out. Um, as you'll see here shortly, um, we did record this um, while him and I were talking. So, what you're hearing, yes, it, we're going to move into that. Um, it's ba I recorded it probably actually 10 minutes ago from when I did this. So it's not like, you know, so it may sound a little different because I ended up recording it through a different program to be able to discuss with him or talk with him. So, um, so let's listen to that. And then after our um, discussion with Benjamin, um, we will finish this podcast up so enjoy a guest with us today he is a listener um 
I'm not sure how long he's been listening to us, but I think he's been through every episode so far. So um, let's just jump right in. Benjamin Z, he is from Arizona. Benjamin, thanks for being on. Well, thanks, Gary. Thank you for having me on the show here. Glad to be a part of it. Would love to have you. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, I've been a model editor since, as far as I can remember, probably eight years of age. I uh, got my first electric transit, like most of us usually do when we're young. Yep. Usually it's under the tree or something like that. And yeah, I've been hooked with HO since then. I've kind of gone myself from there to N-Scale. And I've been hooked since then. Never really left the hobby. Uh, so have you taken any, like, we'll call it leave of absences since you've been in the hobby at all for any reason? I have a couple of times. Uh, hmm. One being high school years. I just kind of sure. didn't really get full into it. But then it seems like after seeing more and more of it, I just kind of stuck with it since then. Never really kind of left the hobby, really. And see, I'm that same way. I mean, I... Pretty much, I think everybody's story is going to be similar. Just, you know, the details are a little bit different. Same thing like you, you know, got the the uh, railroad. I don't know if my, I don't remember though if mine was for Christmas or mine was for a birthday, but either way, um, same thing, about the same age, you know, uh, got that first set and um, through high school kind of, I still love trains, but, you know, other things and then uh, off and on throughout life, you know, and finally back at it. Yeah, and that's usually how I guess most people are. Sometimes they actually lose interest in the hobby because of cars. You got girls. Um, I've heard the same common story throughout most of everybody's model railroading life is life comes with you with girls and cars in high school. Then you got the real world. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And unfortunately, the real world can you know, it's, it's, it's not fun anymore, you know, in a lot of aspects. So, I mean, that's why we got this hobby, right? Kind of take Correct. our focus off. Oh yeah, it does. It same with me with work. It relie- relieves that stress. Oh yeah. Same here too. It's well, and for me too, I have this podcast too, which I know sometimes this podcast is a little bit of a job or it is kind of a part-time job, but it's, it's still fun. It's part of the hobby, you know, so I don't mind doing it, you know? Oh yeah, correct. So, um, so if those of you are listening, have listened to the last episode, episode 14, um, Benjamin here actually, um, gave us the idea for that last episode of, um, what kind of, uh, what do you want to call it? Sub base or whatever, you know, what kind of top are you using, you know, foam, wood or whatever. So, um, I'll start there. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to add to what we discussed on that episode? Honestly, no. Actually, I think you hit it pretty on the spot with the last episode. Uh, I probably would have been on the same pattern path myself. I actually, with my personal road, I have straight up plywood. I don't use foam. I actually would build the scenery right on top of that versus doing the foam. Right, right. And see, I've done it. I've done it both ways. I mean, I've done it a lot of ways, like, you know, the plywood um, which that was my first railroad. It was on just a four by eight sheet of plywood and, um, that grass mat, you know, and then throughout the years I've done the, um, well, you know, the, like when I, when I did some small end scale layouts, um, I built my framework out of two by fours and went and bought some two inch foam and used that, you know, so I, there's advantages and disadvantages to both. Um, but you know, unfortunately in some of these 
um, groups and stuff that you see on Facebook and, you know, the social media, you always have those that are like, this is the only way to do it. And it's like, no, there's, there's more ways, more than one way to, you know, skin a cat. So. Oh yeah. Correct. Correct. I mean, Grant with me, I had when my first layout was built when I was eight, had the white insulation foam board. Oh Grant, yeah. Grant's not the easiest. It's also messy. Oh yeah. But I've gone from that to the pink styrofoam to straight up plywood top. Oh yeah. Now let me ask you, um, what, why for you, did you go from using say the phone to the straight up plywood top? I've seen a lot of different pros and cons of it. And with me, I rather build my scenery from ground up versus like you would see in natural every day. Okay. Everything is built from the ground. It goes up. Mm -hmm. Same with the scenery foam. Like you said, there's disadvantage and disadvantages and advantages. You can, lower the um, locomotive sound or the train car volume, it helps insulate that. For me, I still like listening to the clicky clack of the wheels. It's still something that soothes me. Sure. Yeah. And see, I'm kind of in between there. I'm my railroad. I'm doing the, uh, and I know people will probably, oh, OSB is bad, but trust me, I'm, I'm doing the right steps. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I, I'm doing, you know, half inch OSB plywood and the only, I'm doing one step more, um, which for my main line and majority of it's going to be doing the, um, uh, foam roadbed or yeah, foam roadbed from Woodland Scenics. And, uh, and like I said in the one episode that, you know, the reason I went that route is because there was going through, uh, some of my suppliers, you know, there was a shortage. I don't know if there still is of that Midwest, uh, products cork. And actually, so far, I like I like the foam roadbed. It's it's actually a little bit easier to work with than than the um, cork stuff. Um, but I, you know, I still get it muffles the sound of, and it's not even necessarily like the clickety clack of the wheels for me. Is the I, I like to hear the sound of the locomotive. Like not what I don't have sound equipped yet on my, any of my locomotives, but. Um, but you know, you still can hear that motor. And for me, using that little bit of insulation, you know, the foam uh, roadbed, yeah, um, it, it kind of insulates that sound, so you don't hear the buzzing—not buzzing, but the sound of Humming the motor. sound. Yeah, yeah, you don't hear that as much. That's why I I do what I do. So. No, and I understand. I mean, like I was part of a model rare club uh, here in Arizona, the Arizona Model Rare Society, and they use actually. Um, not masonite, but uh, homosode for their, oh. uh, instead of foam, they'll use that instead and then put their cork robot on top of that. Really? They use the homosote. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Correct. It's a different building technique, yep. but that's what I've noticed they've used. And it's a little bit quieter too. Yeah. I, uh, the railroad club, I was, uh, I was in the process of joining, um, that I talked about in some of my earlier episodes. Um, they they used the homosote for their main roadbed, but they still had plywood. It was cookie cutter design, but they still had the plywood under it. But yeah, they did the homosote. And I I've worked with it in the past personally, off and on. And I, I mean, I there again, like we said, there's advantage disadvantages. I I didn't choose it because a what it cost. Um, it's it's pretty pricey actually in in our area. It's for 
I think like a half inch sheet, a four by eight, it's close to 50, 50 or $60 where, and the other thing for me is I'm in a small area. I don't have a good place to store even in our garage, that home is soaked because you know that'll absorb any kind of moisture. Oh yeah, uh, no, correct. You know, so I don't have any place to really store it. I don't want to cut it inside because that stuff makes so much mess. So I'm like, well, I guess home is so it's out, you know. Oh yeah, it's almost like with the pink insulation foam. You got at least to have a vacuum shop near or vacuum right next to you to actually clean up all the pebbles that fall out of it. Oh yeah, well it's better than the white stuff though. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your railroad that you're in the process of building? Okay. Yeah. So the railroad that I currently got right now is a four foot by, um, 48 inch, uh, L shaped modular layout. It is only eight inches away from the wall held on L brackets, actually, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, with, um, I got the one by four borderline trims that you don't normally see. But it's just a basically freelance railroad called the Perry Central Railroad. Oh, okay. And it's only an N scale. That's awesome. And the only reason why I went with N scale is I live in an apartment. So with apartment living, you're limited on space you have. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that and that's years ago when I uh, when I referenced to the N scale layouts I've done, I was in the same boat. I was in an apartment and. You know, and that's what's awesome about N scale is it you can get a lot of railroad, model railroad in a small amount of space. Yeah, I mean, like with mine, I only got like maybe five, six switches on mine for even a small L-shaped little layout as a short line branch line kind of deal is all I made is a freelance railroad. Mm -hmm. And so, it go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um I was just going to say, I only run off of strictly DC, not DCC. Okay. Um, why? Can I ask why? I mean, not that I'm saying it's bad, but, you know, I just so the <laughs> listeners can hear a different point of view, you know. Well, with DC for me, I've been so used to it for so long, even from growing up. I never fully took full advantage of DCC, understood mm -hmm. the concepts of it or anything like that. Uh, I know our model rare club that I was part of did have DCC, so you had to have sound equipped locomotives, but I just never could fully get into the concept of the CVs or the all the programming and stuff like that. Sure. So I just, and for being small space, DC is usually pretty well straightforward with even in a small space, you don't need a whole lot. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, if, uh, you know, if, we talked about this, or I talked about this in a couple episodes ago about the um, DCC decoders and stuff, you know, and that's, I guess that's something I didn't touch on in that episode because that was more directed towards DCC. But, you know, um, if you are building a railroad and your, your plan is only run one or two locomotives, you know, say you're doing a switching layout, you know, you're only going to have one or two locomotives, say, running together or by itself. Do you really need to spend the extra money in wiring? And I mean, obviously wiring, you still want to do the good wiring, but, um, you know, like you said, learning DCC and all that, uh, you know, is it really worth it? I mean, in some, some aspects, I mean, I'll say it as much as I love DCC. Um, no, it's not. I mean, all the added expense and, and headache of getting set up for something like what you're doing, I absolutely absolutely don't do not blame you for not going to dcc 
Correct. I mean, like if the layout, because it does have potential to expand. Yes. If mm -hmm. I do expand, if it does go expand. Yeah. Granted, DCC might become an extra play into the role factor, which means I'd have to actually go through everything and remake sure everything's set up for DCC. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I look at. Right, right. Now, see, like me, I knew going into the, or I should say coming back to the hobby like I am, and I had already, you know, uh, was privileged by the girlfriend okay you have this much space as long as i get the walls put up and stuff you know so um uh you know i i am building mine and have planned mine or am planning mine as it goes um i would like to be able to have you know myself and you know one or two other people down here maybe three operating so in my situation where i'm going to have several locomotives or would like to have several locomotives on my railroad operating at the same time doing different things for me dcc is the way to go because it saves all that block switching and stuff correct and that's understandable too because if you look back at dc when it was around yeah block sections were a big thing but it seems like dcc has simplified that to where you don't necessarily need those blocks anymore Each yeah no individually you know. controlled Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's well, and I guess the, my biggest proponent for DCC in, in that same aspect that we're talking of block, you know, DC versus DCC on a bigger railroad, not, I don't say bigger, but a railroad where you're going to be operating, um, two separate, a minimum two separate locomotives at different time or different ends or whatever. Um, at the same time, um, you flipping those blocks and stuff you're uh, the operator is not being able to focus on the train as much and obviously safety isn't that big of an issue <laughs> you know if you derail it's not like in the real world where you know but i for me i'm wanting the the operators to be able to um really get into the operating and not have to worry about flipping switches you know correct so um so how far along are you on your railroad? Uh, as of right now, I've actually got most of the tracks set up, um, started some of the bus wiring underneath to kind of uh, take care of some sections because actually I can divide it into two separate sections right now. Uh, I got one side of the L that's actually only 32 inches and the other one's four feet long. So oh. if I ever need to move, it's easier to transport versus a per like a full out four by eight sheet of plywood or a two foot by four foot plywood and haul it off. This oh. one here, you have smaller sections. Right. And it makes it a whole lot easier in case of you have to move or you have to transfer or something like that. Sure, sure. Well, and going back to what you said, you're using L brackets to hold yours up. Um, I've actually been, uh, like, I, I'm going to get my lower level done on mine before I worry about the upper level, um, which I've already got my, my, my grade going up and track going up to the second level just so I knew you know, height and I have my, my dimensions, but, um, I've actually been looking into that and trying to figure out, okay, how do I want to support my upper level, um, without taking up as much space with framework underneath. And I've seen that in the, you know, in several magazines and, and I, well, not several, a lot of, you know, railroads, you know, through model railroad or and whatnot that they use that. And I just, it's just interesting to me to see, okay, bookshelf or not bookshelf, but L brackets that you think of using for bookshelves or whatever that 
you know, that's a, that's a good idea. I really like it. Correct. And that's, and actually I got that inspiration actually off of a Facebook group because actually somebody had posted it that how they were holding their benchmark up was through like from Harbor Freight or something like that, mm-hmm. just their little cheap end L brackets and putting it up on a wall like that. So I thought that was kind of a neat practice. Right. Now, how do you feel? And I, I mean, obviously your end scale, I mean, end scale stuff, as far as track and the cars and stuff weigh, you know, probably half as much as, uh, uh, HO, but when it boils down to it, wood still weighs the same scenery still weighs the same, so on and so forth. Um, how do you feel the, it supports it? Is it, is it, is it solid or, I mean, as solid as it can be, or is it, I mean, what did you have to do anything extra to solidify it? The only thing I had to solidify was you got to look for the studs in the walls to actually mount the brackets to. So that way you get actually a more firm um, hold on to the brackets. So that way it holds the, doesn't matter if you're doing N scale, HO or O scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, by finding those studs in the walls actually does make a big difference because it will hold that extra weight up. Sure, sure. And uh, talking about that, I'm trying to remember. Um, I do not remember what video it is. Um, cause it's just popped in my head, but I'd seen, um, where somebody had, I think they did that same thing and, oh, I know what it was. Um, it's, it's a YouTube, ch- I don't know if the YouTube channel is this, um, but I know the program is called it's my railroad with, I don't know if you've heard of it with Steve. Brown. Oh yeah. Steve Brown. Yeah. Steve Brown. He's got the, it's my railroad, which is actually how he is. Um, he actually explains very well. He just loves running trains, but he actually goes through a lot of depth with his layout that he's gone through. Yeah. And that's, and actually from him, even for my lower level, I mean, I'm using two by threes for my framework. Um, and you know, I've the half inch OSB and where I have the, uh, two by fours up against the wall, you know, I screwed them into the studs, you know, like you normally would. But I, one of his episodes, he was saying it, his shelf was little bouncy out by the edge, and he ended up running a screw like from the top at an angle down in, and it's solidified it a lot more. And um, I'm like, you know what? Let's try it on this. When I was, uh, you know, building my uh, current bench work, and sure enough, it actually that extra screw made a difference. You know, doing that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I with my L brackets, they come with three pre-done holes, so that way all you got to do is screw three screws in. And those three extra screws do make a big difference because it does hold up sturdier than most. Right. It's just, it's weird. You think of, like, well, for me, um, you know, I think back in the day of, you know, uh, when I was younger, and I mean, because I think I'm at least 10, 15 years uh, older than you, but, you know, I, you know, and my parents in my room would put up, you know, a couple of those L brackets and they buy that, uh, press board that had the, uh, basically vinyl on it that made it look like wood. Yeah. And I would put stuff up there as a kid, you know, obviously I didn't know any better. I put too heavy of stuff on there and, you know, here they come crashing down. And I guess that just always, maybe it's PTSD from stuff crashing down on me or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I just, like I said, it's, I've seen that and I'm actually probably going to be going to that when, um, when the time comes for me to work on my upper level. So I really, that's, it's for me, it's good to hear somebody that's actually, you know, I'm hearing one-on-one and not just reading about it um, or listening about it. That somebody that's actually had success with it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've had no issues with this at all. This is actually my very first attempt actually going this route because actually I used to do the um, 
uh, legs with cross braces and all that beforehand. Mm-hmm. But I wanted something that was simple, easy to maintain, easy to kind of put up and stuff like that. And I came up with the L bracket because somebody had posted on Facebook and I wanted to give it a shot. Sure. Now, I would assume where your two boards come together, you have some sort of like uh, support under it or are you just using another L bracket there or, or how, how are you um, in a sense connecting those two pieces of board together, but yet still being able to take them apart? What how'd you go that route? Actually, I have nothing. Believe it or not, I have nothing holding those together at all at this moment. Oh, really? Have you had any uh, any issues with height difference, like through the? No, you know. I, I had to level it out. Granted, yes, uh, but I actually pretty much got it spot on because actually, when you do the bench work, usually you have the one by fours going along the bottom part of the perimeter of your regular plywood, like you would normally would. Mm-hmm. So I did that with each modular section, but then had the brackets underneath each part of the modular section. Oh, okay. But I I butt them up together. Mm -hmm. I've already uh, took a Dremel tool and actually cut a gap in the track, so that way it's two separate controlled parts of the layout. Oh, okay. So, I mean, so building this, do you see or or do you have any wants, I guess? to possibly join like uh, one of those in-track clubs or, I mean, I get the, you're going the small because of, you know, limited uh, space, but do you, can you see yourself joining say like a in-track club or something like that down the road um, to where you can continue to build, you know, smaller modules, but still be a part of a big railroad? Oh, I've thought about getting back into the same club again, because actually the N scale part of our club, because we have HO, N scale, O scale, and a garden scale all in one club. Oh, wow. And the big thing that the N scale part has been doing is actually, they've been actually going towards the modular section, taking it to like the state fair, the mm-hmm. county fair for Phoenix here. Oh, okay. And by doing that, they can transport an actual transporting layout, but also run a permanent one when they host like open houses and stuff like that. Sure. So they're actually trying to get both sides of the spectrum for modular and permanent. That's that's cool. Yeah, I I know years ago I um I I tried doing getting in looking into the modular thing, and I don't know if it was just because at the time I was. I mean, I was very detail oriented when it came to the models and scenery and stuff. But when it came to the process of trying to get something set up to butt up to, you know, somebody else's railroad or whatever, I just it never it never intrigued me to want to do that at that time um, because of, uh, you know, I just didn't want to put the extra work into it, I guess, at that time. So um, but I mean, I personally have thought about trying to, you know, join an N-Track club or something like that, you know. Unfortunately, where I'm at that I know of, I don't think there is anything like that relatively close by. So if I did something like that, I'd have to start it, I believe. Correct. Um, Because I'm not familiar with the Midwest area or anything like that. But I know out here, and we have probably about three or four clubs out here in the Phoenix and or Arizona area that are actual modular clubs like the sun and sand club is actually a full out in track modular club. They do not have a permanent layout. 
they actually go to different things like this to show off. Well, that's cool. Yeah, and I do know, well, I think I, um, so the last, at our fairgrounds uh, here in, in our area, um, about twice a year they have the uh, a fairly big train show, you know, where you go and, you know, there's a whole bunch of vendors and stuff, but there's, I guess, always, and I've never been to it, um, but uh, this is from what I've heard from other people that have gone to it, but um, they generally have, they're like, oh, they got a set, set up, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, is it just like a four by eight? No, it was a whole bunch of pieces together. So I don't know. I, I'm going to have to look into that. I don't know if that's like a local group or it's maybe a traveling group. I, I don't know, but I'm sure I can find it out. And if oh, anybody yeah. listening happens to know, you know, uh, reach out, you know, reach out to us. Um, you can go email uh, modelrobotalk at gmail.com or through our website or, or any one of these platforms. So, all right. So let's see here. Anything you would like to else you know i can't even talk right now anything else you'd like to say or input no actually i i'm pretty much good right now i mean unless you have something else you'd like to add to the rest of the audience um i don't think i do right now um you know i will uh, have to figure out um i want to get the whole uh i'm trying to get the whole um review thing going and i have reached out to a few places smaller companies um so i'm hoping they reach back to me um and you know maybe send us some stuff to review and you know and have um drawings and to be able to give them back to our listeners so all right well benjamin thank you for being on our podcast um i really appreciate it and hopefully you can come back well, Gary, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on here. It was good talking to you. Hopefully you and your audience can get more involved in this. It is worth the effort. It, I really admit it. It's, it's a fun hobby. Always have fun is the biggest thing. Yep. And like I tell everybody, always remember, it's your railroad. That is correct. Are you enjoying our podcast? Great. Um, we couldn't do this without you listeners and all your feedback and um, obviously sharing this podcast. Um, if you would like to support us, um, you can uh, go to patreon.com. Um, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and become a supporter for just $3 a month. There's no added fees um, on your end. Um, none of that. Um, you will have access to every episode at minimum one week ahead of time. Um, we generally upload 24 hours after we record it. Um, there's some uh, videos that we put on there, just update videos um, of our the Model Railroad Talk uh, layout. And we're looking at adding some more stuff to it. Um, but yeah, just $3 a month. Um, that's all it is. Um, you can also, if you, if you don't know Patreon or you, you don't want to join another platform through Spotify here, um, at the bottom of our description, um, of each episode, you click on that link that will take you to a Spotify, um, supporter page, I guess is the best way to put it. And it allows you three different support levels. Um, and you, it all safely through, uh, uh, Spotify 
And the other last thing you could do, um, we do have a Model Railroad Talk uh, PayPal account, which is modelrailroadtalk at gmail.com. If you would like to just make like a one-time donation rather than um, um, a monthly, that's perfectly fine. We use your uh, use your uh, gener- generous support for upgrading equipment, um, and maintaining equipment mainly right now. And um, but also at, once we get enough uh, support built up, um, we're going to start doing uh, purchasing items for reviews, and then we will in turn start having um, contests, whatever uh, drawings. Uh, so you, as our supporter, um, have a chance at winning, um, something we review. So thank you for your support and, um, keep listening. And there you have it, folks. We had our first ever listener on our podcast. Um, great feeling. Um, while yes, Robert, we can't forget about Robert, my buddy, Robert. Um, he was our, technically our first guest, but I, you know, love you, Robert, but sorry, you don't quite qualify considering I knew you ahead of this. So, (laughs) but no, you're just as important as, as anybody else. But, um, as you can see, folks, we, this is about, we, we really believe this podcast is about not just me doing the podcast about model railroading or about you doing model railroading, but us as a community working together to encourage and help each other, but also promote this, you know, well, let's just face it, the world's greatest hobby. So, um, so yeah, we definitely thank Benjamin, um, for coming on to the podcast and I am sure he will be back again, folks. So, Make sure you stick around. If, if you liked our conversation, um, we just kind of spitballed it today. Um, you know, just, you know, really no plans, just kind of, you know, chit-chatted. And, um, and if you like that, stick around because there will be more of that in future episodes. So, um, unfortunately, today we do not have uh, a product review. Um, I have reached out, like I stated in, uh, you know, you heard when I was talking with Benjamin, we, I have reached out. I'm hoping some of these places will reach back, but if you either a own a place that does model railroad stuff and you're listening to this podcast, or, you know, somebody that does, um, reach out to them. Um, you know, we're not, we're not asking them to send the most expensive thing. If you want a product reviewed, with our zero to six scale and you're, you want the honest product review and going out to thousands of listeners, um, thousands of people that listen to a podcast because let's face it, they're getting the honest truth. They're getting it from one modeler to another, just the average Joe reach out to us model railroad talk at gmail.com www.modelrailroadtalk.com. Or, um, you can reach out through us or reach out to us through any of these, uh, uh, whatever platform you're listening on. Um, so last episode we had let you guys in on a little secret, um, something we'd been working on, um, getting a phone number for you guys to actually call in. So, and we said it would be probably August 1st before we would announce it. Um, we finally got the stuff set up and with the overwhelming response that we've been getting, you know, uh, of emails and whatnot, and you guys are starting to, uh, 
comment and react and re, you know, um, both on our Facebook page and all that stuff. Um, we think we are just going to give it to you now, our phone number. We now have a dedicated phone number. Um, unfortunately it's not a toll free, but let's face it. 95% of people have cell phones and it doesn't matter. Right folks. Um, so I'm going to give you this phone number. It is our phone number. Um, it goes to our phone, not a call center or nothing like that. Um, but if you reach out to us and we don't answer, please leave a voicemail or you can actually text message, you know, message it too. Um, the phone number is five, six, three for an area code two, nine, three, six, five, three, oh, that's five, six, three, two, nine, three, six, five, three, oh, yes, folks. You are hearing it here first. Episode 15, we thought would be a good episode to launch that on. Kind of a, you know, we, uh, 10 was a, was a small, it was kind of a uh, celebration point. Eh, 15, that works. So, um, but yeah, folks, please, if you do reach out to us, please give us roughly about 24 hours to be able to get back to you. As that is not a, um, it is a live phone number and stuff, but it's on um, a different phone than our personal phone that we carry. And, um, so we will, we check it just once a day. Well, I mean, when we're home from work, basically. <laughs> so, you know, from probably the hours on average of 5 PM to about 10 PM, we check it. Um, but you can call it message it anytime folks. Um, just another way we're giving back to you guys. If you have something you want to say, um, add to the conversations, um, to an episode, um, just another way for you to reach out. Um, yeah. So also we are, um, working on adding more benefits for you if you are a paying member. So, um, as an example, patreon.com forward slash model railroad talk. Um, you can go in there. Yes, we've said it, you know, $3 a month, um, gets you access to, um, our episodes usually within an hour or two after we record them, but at minimum, you know, uh, seven days before they actually come out to the general public. Um, but we added another level for $5 a month. You get that and, um, you will have access soon. Once we get, um, our YouTube page fully up and running for $5 a month, not only will you get the episode like a week early, um, before anybody else, but you will have access to soon down the road, um, live YouTube videos. Um, we will, we're just working on the process right now, getting the technicalities set up, you know, as far as sound and, you know, recording stuff like that. So, um, check that out. Um, plus you get sounds kind of crazy, but for the extra $2 a month. So just for $5 a month, you also get a sticker too. um, one of our stickers. So, um, and you get access to our private Facebook group. If you're on Facebook, um, that only paying members get. And when we are recording solo doing stuff like that, um, you get access to that. You get to watch us. We record it. You, from the time we're setting up till the time we're done, we, you can see how it works. Um, how we do what we do. Um, you can actually hear it, all the good stuff. So anyways, folks, um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, the, the response that we've been getting messages on our Facebook page, 
um, which is Model Railroad Talk. So any of these platforms, folks, just look up Model Railroad Talk. Sometimes it's one word, sometimes you have to separate it. But um, yeah, um, we, we really appreciate you guys listening. And uh, if it wasn't for you guys listening and your guys' awesome feedback, um, I, you know, I don't know that I'd still be doing this. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I know this episode's a little bit shorter, um, but um, you know, sometimes that happens. You don't want to keep going over the same episode or same content in an episode. You know, sometimes it's good to have a little bit shorter episode. So you all folks be safe. Um, and, uh, remember, sorry, folks. Yes. You're hearing me. I haven't done this for the last few episodes because I've been, well, you know, the intro, you heard it. Um, I've been having issues with getting this connected you know with our intro and outro sound um so yeah i messed up and didn't have that ready so yeah blame me folks blame me you know what hey you can't win them all right so anyways folks i think i'm set up now hopefully this will work like i want it to but y'all be safe happy modeling and remember it's your railroad